Chill out. Dickwad. Hi, I'm Colin, Brandon, and welcome to Sci-Fi Cross Sections. Hey, we did it. Hey, there we go. that was good. We did we first did try, not even two tries. We are collectively Colin, Brandon, and thank you we for tuning in today. We are Colin and we are Lee <laughs> Let's try that again. Call we on Brandon. Colin, Brandon. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing a Legion thing. <laughs> okay. So. I'll just triple your voice. Clearly, you. Colin's not here, so. Uh, yeah. He he uh, chose his job over this. He well, he was bemoaning earlier that he just should quit his job in school because he hated it. And it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. You should do a podcast in the basement. Yeah. I don't know if we should we should say that. I think his coworkers listen to this. They'd probably hate working at Target too. I would. <laughs> I true. hate my job too. Hey, this is workplace solidarity. If you hate your job, listen to this podcast, and we will send you forty dollars. I listen to this podcast. Checks will not at be on the honored. job. I hate. So <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm sending this out to everybody's boss. I yeah. Just, hope you know that. just send it as a yeah. Just send it as a email. Uh, what the fuck are we covering today? Because this is a uh, gone off the rails as all of these non-Colin episodes tend to do. No, it hasn't gone off the rails. This is called the cold open. Yeah, it's clopen. No way. No, that's when. No, that's probably what Colin has to do. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. It's, yeah. It sucks. Who do we have around the table today? I uh, Andrew's back. I'm Bill Jarvis, and I am Ben Young. All to, right, according today, to my, oh, whoa, you're, oh, you're whoa, gonna do we're it. doing it. We don't know who does what. Oh <laughs> Colin, come back. <laughs> okay. You can blame it all on today, us. today we're talking about Terminator Dark Fates in Mexico City, a oh, newly modified liquid. <laughs> okay, I had a joke Shit. prepared, but that's fine. <gasps> Fuck, dude. Okay, cut it. Just cut the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> and today we're talking about Terminator Dark Fate. In Mexico City, a newly modified liquid Terminator, the Rev-9 model, arrives from the future to kill a young factory worker named Danny Ramos. Also sent back in time is Grace, a hybrid cyborg human, who must protect, who must protect Ramos from the seemingly indestructible robot assassin, but the two women soon find some much-needed help from a pair of unexpected allies, seasoned warrior Sarah Connor and the T-800 Terminator. Okay, so I want to like tell my joke retrospectively now. This is the joke synopsis. It's all good podcast too. <laughs> a cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Con Connor must now protect her. No, the joke's not funny, actually. Hey, oh, it, shit. it worked out. Hey, we crushed it. I was gonna read a Terminator 2 synopsis because I was like Ah, uh, it's the same oh, movie. Right. It's the same movie. But you know, it's really not. Like, like it's not. You know, it's it's Terminator's the same. I was gonna say but. it's not the same as Terminator 2, but it's definitely the same as Terminator 3. I would say that... What's a Terminator 3? It's kind of... It's kind uh, of, Yeah, what fucking retcon are we on? Could we... Let's check that joke Could off we really deal. quick go around the table and, like... I, this is actually a good, a good point. Could we say which Terminator movies we've seen? 
Yes. So like, I've seen Terminator. I've seen Terminator 2. I saw Terminator 3 once when it was in theaters. So I was a child. And I've seen this. I, ha I, I haven't seen Salvation. I haven't seen Genesis. What about you? I have seen Terminator 2, 3. Um, I fell asleep during Terminator Genesis in theaters. So haven't seen that. <laughs> that shows uh, how good it was. Yeah, never saw um, <laughs> Salvation. Didn't watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, I didn't see that either. Um, I saw this. What about you? Uh, I saw Terminator, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, uh, Terminator 3, uh, Terminator Salvation, and this, and that's it. Okay, so so ever all of us have missed Genesis then? Yes, yes. Mm, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, that makes sense. So, like, none of us have seen Genesis. That much is... That's right, yes, I have not. Good. Effectively, no. Because I don't know what it's about. I didn't pay for it either. I just... <laughs> <laughs> fell asleep during the yeah i don't know if you should advertise that. well this was back in my old like i'm trying to remember if i worked at the movie theater at the time um but i also have a uh, family who is involved in management at the theater who used to get me into movies for free just constantly and now i think they don't do that anymore that was a really roundabout way of saying you have family in the movie mafia yeah the mafia <laughs> who does cut that just who, cut that joke who me. Who doesn't have family in the cinematic mafia? Really, I don't. The Marvel oh. cinematic mafia. Okay, it's not cinematic. Um, <laughs> cinematic. So, right off the bat, diving into this, mm -hmm. we don't have you know our overlord's structural integrity no, of this cast, but that's fine. I think it'll be more free winging, more ring dinging, more sing singing. So I want to dive right in. Yeah, I already sang a song, didn't I? I already sang a part of Baby Come Back. Oh, yeah. I want to dive right in to talk about how we need to stop fucking doing CGI people in the middle of daylight. I'm sick of it. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. It doesn't look good. We've talked about this. And I know, I know, they didn't listen to our podcast before they made the movie. The movie was nearly finished at that point. And then they listened to us and they're like, shit, they're going to get us for this. That's true. They're going to get us for this. Mm -hmm. and, but here we are once again. And when <laughs> little John Connor turned around, Age I laughed 15. so loud. <laughs> He looks so bad. Like Sarah, Sarah's wasn't bad. It was like, I think, I don't think they did like the whole CGI thing with her. I think they just de-aged her, which yeah. she is looked actually pretty good. I it's thought a, it's a technology that works much better. Um, I thought Arnold looked a little silly, looked but terrible. I think he always looks silly. So I'm not sure if that was the, that's what was the reason. He and, was too like felt muscular. Like he yeah. wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't like, these are not human proportions. And like, he was very leathery. His yeah. face was very leathery. Well, that's uh, that comes from being the California governor for so long. <laughs> and John Connor was like the kid from the kids from Polar Express is exactly how oh. he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around and he sees this. Uh, he sees, you know, the Terminator walking up and there is no fear in that child's eyes. There's none at all. Well, He's no, like, because he just be, he befriended him. He spent like the last he spent the whole half of Terminator 2 befriending him. And now we're on like the millionth retcon. Like, I don't even know what's like Terminator three isn't canon anymore. Right. Right. Well, apparently not worth talking about, uh, you know, the movie opens up with a Terminator showing up shortly after judgment day and walking into some beachside bar in which Sarah and John are enjoying their retirement. 
and shoots John Connor with a shotgun and kills him. The child. So they rebooted from the second movie, which is, yeah, what I assumed. Which, so, okay. And they, John, James Cameron, who is producing on this one, said that this is a true sequel to Judgment Day. He, he said that this is where he would have taken it if he had stuck around. And so, fine, but it's just so ballsy at this point to retcon another movie. So that's Terminator 3 retcons, Terminator 2. And then Salvation retcons three. And then Genesis retcons Terminator one. But this retcons all that back to hell. Like this is a this is a tactical nuke of a retcon that oh, just absolutely. destroys three movies and a TV series. Yeah, I don't I never saw Sarah never, Connor, yeah. so I don't know like how much that fits into like Sarah's past. I don't know if like Sarah hunting Terminators is like a thing that could fit into the into the universe, but I don't know. It, well, it's like it's like what we say. It's like, a, uh, you know, they blasted the entire franchise. Yeah. And so it's like it's hard for anybody that's been alive in the past 30 years to uh, to actually kind of take it seriously, because like you said, yeah. if you say, oh, it's the it's really the successor to Ter Terminator 2, you're like, OK, but I can't get three, four, <laughs> like I can't get any of them out of my head. Yeah. I have. Well, if you look at the entire franchise, you have six different T-800s, right? You have six different Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Uh, I got to count one sec. One, two. He wasn't in three, right? He wasn't. He three. was in three. He, he was the main three. part of three. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't Salvation, remember anything about three. Salvation is tricky because it is a fresh model that comes off the line. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's in all of them. Technically, Arnold is not in all of them, but the T-800 is in all of them. Yes. They're all separate characters. Every single one is a separate character. Yeah. Arnold's likeness, I think, is in all of them. Yeah. So yeah, they low like before that was technology. They did it in Salvation. So that that's wild to me that you know, uh, you know, Terminator was you know Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor fighting off an evil Terminator, and then T two is you know the the twist John Connor, which, which was it was a fucking twist. Oh yeah, it's when fantastic. two came out, like like they they actually were considering not releasing that in the trailer, but then they you know marketing was just like no, we can make a shit ton of money. Right. So they did that, but it would have been epic if like they just didn't reveal that in the trailer, and then suddenly like wait, like it would have been amazing. You also got to remember with the eighties, like trailers weren't as prevalent as they are now, so I'm sure there were plenty of people who walked into that theater. And we're like, whoa, what is this? That's nuts. So it was still the it was still the days of, hey, did you see the new Terminator? It's kind of <laughs> like that. And then you just went and see it, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, and, this is back when you were in the 80s when people were, like, narrating movie trailers, you know? Like, mm -hmm. that's where you get the stereotype <laughs> of, in a world where the t Terminator came back. <laughs> hold, on. No. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Miller, Miller, Miller. Lean into the mic, and we need to do this. Just go fuck it off the dome. All right, go, I'm going to go. All right, do it. How long do you want me to go for? Like 12 <laughs> uh, As long as you just can Just go for as long as you okay. want. I'm going to, uh, uh, me, edit in some uh, cool Terminator-y uh, music uh, starting right now. In a world wrecked by nuclear fire, only one man can save humanity but that man is a little boy who's pursued by a robot he must he must break his crazy mother out of jail along with an even crazier robot this would never happen under Colin. 
it's it's the Rick and Morty version. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Coming this summer to a theater near you. Crazy Robot Two. The Nukening. All right. That was good. I'll that was I'd good. see that movie. Yeah. I'd see that movie. Yep. I'll yep. see that movie right now. Should. But like, I think we, I think we could all agree that Terminator Two is. The best Terminator. Mm-hmm. What, and a fantastic movie. Having not seen Terminator, the first one, I could say without any hyperbole, Terminator 2 is the best. Oh, without a doubt. And I think I think this movie coming out and kind of putting everything in perspective, like this is the entire franchise, if we were to forget all the other movies, mm-hmm. kind of puts it in my mind that like, yeah, everything else was kind of crap. Like, I love yeah. T2. I love Terminator 2. Judgment Day. I don't think anybody our age doesn't like it. Oh yeah, absolutely um, not. But yeah, I've never talked to anybody our age who doesn't like it. Yeah, it's and it's a classic. It's iconic. I would put Terminator Two above like Star Wars movies back then. Like Terminator Two is was the quintessential action film. Was the quintessential sci-fi film like the nuke scene in Terminator Two is oh. iconic? And you, you, you even know, the, you're like, I, we're, we're watching sitting the movie in the goes, theater. I, I see chain over. link. <laughs> chain link. This is not good. I know what happens here. <laughs> but, and, but it's iconic. It's immediately yeah, exactly. like that. You see someone hanging on chain link, and you go back to that moment, which is terrifying. Yeah, let me put it to you this way: Terminator is a good movie. Terminator Two is a great movie. Terminator is not a good franchise. Absolutely not. This is not, this wasn't built to last. No, no, it should have ended with two. Well, and, and, it, and it's pretty obvious because apparently this movie, I think, opened up around 10 million-ish. Bombed. It was a bad. Now, granted, I think you, I think Colin brought up that um, it had to come up against like Halloween 2019 weekend. I argued, well, it was already November by this point so I, I guess people were either postponing their halloween stuff or something but here's the thing if this didn't do it nothing's going to at this point the franchise is dead i think it's dead it's donezo yeah like there will be another reboot sure in 10 years of course there will be i give but it five tops this this is done like and it needs to be. It it needed to end at two. And like, am I mad I saw this movie? Absolutely not. Like, it was entertaining. Fun, yeah. I mean, I like the second half. Yeah. And like, there were parts in the first half that I enjoyed, like Sarah showing up and dropping the grenade off. And it's super corny, but her, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, I was like, ah. There's a lot of cool action scenes in the first one. Oh, great. The yeah. story beats in the, in the first half of the movie are shit. Yes. They're garbage. It's the rushed. action scenes are, the action scenes are great. Well, they rushed the story very, very quickly mm-hmm. to dive us into the yeah. action, which yeah. I appreciate. Right. Well, I, yeah, we start out, we get the feminator. <laughs> which we find out is uh she's uh you know not, what, a, what a line I all know. right uh, well hey the shoe fits wear it i mean but she's not a feminator she's not a terminator we, she yeah, is my well, a... first thought it was like oh they're sending a girl terminator back that's just like the third movie i had the privilege of being told in the trailers that she was not a terminator oh i kind of blocked that and out. so uh there's only one part about the trailers that i remember and i just made me mad and she was played by, I'm sorry, let me, this was Grace, of yeah, course. Famous human actress, Grace. I don't know. Well, I really like the actress that plays her, so let me pull up my cast list here. Uh, Mackenzie Davis. Okay. Um, She has been in The Martian, 
which was good. She's great in. You didn't see The Martian? No, I oh, people really? everybody tells me to see The Martian. Yeah, you see you the it's not that I don't it's not even that I don't want to see it. It's just that I haven't gotten around to it. There's like a I've got like a laundry list of movies that I haven't seen. Martian, Halt and Catch Fire, Blade Runner 2049. She's married. I didn't see 2049 either. Dude, fuck you. God yeah. damn. We didn't do the episode on it, so I didn't see it. <laughs> uh Black Mirror, she plays didn't the blonde girl in San Junipero. Oh, oh mm-hmm. shit! She does, yeah. doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. So she's a fantastic actress. So I was happy to see her in this, and she she does a good job. Admirable. Um, she's protecting Danny Ramos, mm-hmm. played by Natalia Reyes. Yes, and her the whole crux of this is that we are told that Danny will become the the mother of. Right off the bat, I called that. I was like, no, she's she's not the child. She's not the mom of a, that. They wouldn't tread that again. She is the leader of the resistance, especially when oh, I, was, I didn't. Uh, I was I was fully on board oh, you with were? this whole like you were on the like, train. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just another bullshit story about the mother of the resistance leader. Yeah, no, I, I you know, number one, there was the time frame because I think Grace says she comes from 2042. 40, yeah. And she talked about how she was younger and it was kind of confirmed for me when like she when she when she talked about how she was younger and the bombs dropped. I was like, so the bombs dropped a while ago. That would line Danny up to like her kid would be like two when the bombs dropped. So like, I don't really know if I'm if I'm buying this. I think she's the one. Well, this is this movie supposed to take place in like 2019, 2020 or. Yeah, it's present day. So I'm trying to think. So how old do you speculate Danny was supposed to be? Danny, I would say she's in her like late teens to early twenties. Oh, okay, yeah, kind of. That's yeah. where I would put her. I don't know if I'd put her in late teens, but yeah, I thought early twenties. So, uh, twenty forty two. That's twenty years. That's twenty ish years. Yeah. So she looked pretty good for a uh, for. You well, know. we saw her in the flashback. We saw her like twenty, like fifteen years prior to when they sent Grace back. Right. We never actually saw Danny well, no, we saw, around there. We saw Danny become the resistance leader. But that was when that Grace was like 10 years old. Yeah, so, yeah but Grace was, then we, at the end of the movie, we're jumping forward a lot. because That's Colin's fine, we're to, jumping around. But um, at the end of the movie, we see Grace is like 11 years old at the park. Mm-hmm. You remember? She drives so off. The bombs, so the bombs are probably going to drop in the next couple drop. years. But how old do you think Grace was uh, at the moment? Um, she didn't look to be much older, so like probably a like year or two. thirteen or something. I'm just trying to like it's like the ages for ju- just seemed really inconsistent to me. I agree. I do because, agree. Because let's say Grace was eleven at the park in the past when they avert the crisis. Mm-hmm. How, like she was like what sixteen in the future, twenty forty two. Like these numbers aren't adding up. Well, actually, no, no, no. no. Okay. She would be in her twenty to thirties. Yeah, so she she would be the age she was as an adult. So she just looked really young and she's like being attacked by like all these people. And I just I got the impression that she was younger than she was, I guess. Yeah. So 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 if if Grace is about 11 or so present day Mm -hmm. and then about three or four years later, let's say that's, you know, whatever, 13, 15, 15, whatever. Um, And then after that, so that would be that would put Danny at about 26, 27, somewhere around there, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then how many years later after that, that would be probably what? About 18 18, years later, 18 years later. And that's when they sent Grace back. So that's about 21 years that you give Grace. Yeah. Yeah. So it works out. I think it's just what, what we're having trouble wrapping our heads around is that the bombs are going to be dropping sooner 
mm-hmm. than we think they are. And even in Judgment Day, it was kind of a short clock. Like I think Judgment Day was ninety seven was they were supposed to drop, and the yes. movie was in ninety seven. So like they were telling them like this is it. And so, but they stopped it because they destroyed Skynet, correct? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Judgment Day, and I didn't rewatch it because this oh, isn't a, a Judgment Day podcast. They, they destroyed Cyberdyne. They destroyed the chip that was going to create Skynet. Got it. Okay. Or be integrated with Skynet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'd say, uh, yeah, the biggest thing I noticed about the film, so I just wanted to go over, so it was um, a budget of $196 million, and the I box see. office was 125 So. It was technically a bomb, but not as bad as I thought it would be. It will probably break even. Yeah. In this. In the long run. Um, Apparently, uh, I was talking to a friend of ours um, and she said that like the reason the whole reason this movie was made was because it really the last one did really well in China. Is this something the that last we can one was a box or? office success? Critically, it was not. but It was a box office success. Right. I guess they. Uh, riding off of that. Uh, Salvation money. So uh, Emily, uh, Emily gave me some insight, small Emily Jarvis insight. Uh, she uh, she noticed. I mean, I guess this is an obvious thing. Um, all of the protagonists were women. Yeah, mm. I didn't even notice. It was pretty much it was pretty Kinda. much a female cast. It was yeah. pretty well, much a female cast with, most, with for the, for the ha- first with, half of the movie with funny guy Carl thrown in. That's it. Like and like that's it. Yeah, it was it was very woke movie. It was very interesting. Painfully. Or it was just a cast with with women characters. Uh-huh. Like I'm glad that it wasn't touted as that. Right. I'm I'm glad it wasn't Ghostbusters. But like if I like were to say I, I didn't even think it until after the movie when Emily said it. And I think that's just so interesting because, you know, as a story, it didn't really say that about it. You know, it wasn't really that it was it was very good. I th- I feel yeah. like that sense of it, it was a solid story without being, you know, without being too much. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I get what you're saying. It's because with movies like and I'm not going to sit here and be like, fuck female ghostbusters, because, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I don't care. I will. OK, I'm going to fight you if you're going to be like that. But the point is that it wasn't marketed as female Terminator. It wasn't. So you're not automatically walking into the into the movies hardwired. For I, feel, this. I feel like we should stop. I feel like this is a bad subject and I need to get off of it. We need to no. These I'm are things. That now. These are things that I, let me defend this. These are things that I think if we talk about civilly, we're not being offensive here. If we talk about civilly, because I have, there's a point to this, and that marketing makes these, they, the Hollywood makes these issues. They make these outrages. They hardwire the audience to half of them be outraged about female Ghostbusters, and then the other half to be like, I don't care. And that they do that because it's marketing. Female Ghostbusters, quote unquote, was created as a movie. And then the marketing department was like, I know what will really get us publicity. I know we'll tout it as this and it will get people angry and people will go see it. And that's what that's what happens. So the reason why that was something that didn't click to you till the end is because you weren't hardwired walking into it mm-hmm. to, you know, to be like that, to have it in mind. Not that you would be. You wouldn't walk in and be like female Terminator. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not who I am. But no, I understand because I would have felt that if mm-hmm. I really felt like they marketed it that way. Mm-hmm. So I understand what your point is. You were trying to portray marketing as like 
this is an evil thing marketing does because it works. I don't and know then... if it's evil, but it's it's the job. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so, you know, this is a thing that marketing does, and I don't think that this movie really did it. I Correct. don't think it really did that. So that's nice. That's good. It just was. And that's, you know, that's something that's just a progress towards the future thing. Like this, you know, this was a, f- a nearly full female cast and it was still a movie. Like, look at that. We we saw a movie with a mostly female cast. How about that? That's exciting. Who would have thought that would work? Yeah, it wasn't Annihilation. Mostly that was female sarcasm. Cast. Right. That was no, sarcasm. I, I, heard, I heard the sarcasm. I heard the sarcasm. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? It wasn't uh, Annihilation mostly female. What? Oh yeah, they. I, I haven't seen it, but it's. I think it's like they can. They find that they can only send women in or something because something like that because of the way the the nature affects men or something of that nature. Because Oscar Isaac had gone in. I don't know. I I want to see it. We should watch it in some time. Well, maybe after these uh <clears throat> sci-fi movies stop coming out. Yeah, those damn sci-fi movies. Keeping us in, keeping the lights on. We got so many releases to go over. We have a, there's a lot of sci-fi coming up right now. We're we're good till Star Wars, but we got some TV stuff. So Terminator. Yeah, so (laughs) let's, let's talk for a second about Ben's transhumanism nightmare. I loved it, actually. No, it was just like, I don't know, like the, the whole, the whole subplot about Grace just constantly her metabolism constantly failing her yeah, that's scary that was like that's it's like oh god like this literally like literally i was like this literally is ben's transhumanism nightmare where it's like this sort of robo integration that just that's not good yet you know what though like as fucking terrifying it is as it is that was probably like the most interesting point the movie mm-hmm. made where it's like yeah i'm a cyborg but I also have a fucking supercomputer inside of me right now, and it overheats pretty easily. So I'm going to need to deal with this on a regular basis if we're fighting a thing that's not going to die. And so I was like, wow, all right. This is an interesting and compelling plot hook. It, it immediately removes the immortality that, that the T-800 had in Judgment Day. It, it doesn't make Grace, like, the hero we can rely on, which is an interesting premise. In fact, in a way, Sarah becomes that. Sarah becomes the T-800 in this situation where we know she's fine. She's because we're like, she's not going to even die till the end. If she dies, if she dies, she's going out in a blaze of glory and she will take that Rev-9 with her. That's our thought process. But Grace, Grace is like, I don't know if she's going to she's going to do well here. And so, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, Sarah's the veteran hero, and Grace is some girl with cyber parts. Yeah, no, you know? she like, she's capable. Yeah, she's very capable. But she's not experienced. She's never. Yeah, like she's a plucky freedom fighter. You know, like uh, Sarah Connor at this point has, you know, one fully fledged Terminator that she's like she fought the T one thousand. You know, like yeah. I mean, I know they changed the history, but like that, this is like the predecessor to the Rev Nine. Oh, absolutely. you know, with the liquid metal and everything and stuff like that. It's like it's like a twisted alternate future of the Rev Nine. It's like, um, you know, it it is what the T One Thousand would have been for Skynet, but yeah. because Skynet, quote unquote, which is now Legion for those of you who didn't want to see the movie Keeping but score. just want to be spoiled, um. Skynet is now called Legion, and it has been pushed further into the future, so it has better access to technology, of course. Therefore, its tech is going to be more advanced. 
those Terminators that we see in the future, 2042, are fucking scary. I hated those things. You know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, with like the tentacles mm-hmm. flying around. Tentacles and they're just and like, the, like, like they're like they're casting off their like liquid forms, and then they've got like these shadow bodies, like under shadow like underbodies yeah. or whatever. Which is great. Stuff. That was like when that first happened. I was like, this is okay. That's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good world building around all around in the in the film. I think. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I feel. I feel like it really did create a post apocalyptic world with that, and you know, I feel like. Um, it's uh you said it was james cameron right he was james cameron produced but um his name tim phillips or todd phillips i don't know but i was just gonna say that i think james cameron whenever james cameron detects that there's going to be a technological advance or some sort of artificial intelligence advance it's like oh shit we gotta scare america yeah (laughs) like we can't do this tim tim miller excuse me directed the film uh the director of the highly critically successful deadpool Mm. Okay. Oh. oh, that guy. That guy. Well, I wanted to get into um, some philosophical ideas, if that's okay. Hey. Just for a second. There's like one. Okay. It's my wheelhouse. So, um, so one of the problems that everybody had with Terminator 3 is that it completely negated the entire philosophy of Terminator 2. So the entire philosophy of, uh, well, Terminator 1 and 2 was that um, our fate is what we make it. Right. You could change so, your destiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can change your destiny and your fate is what you make it. And then and then over and over again, you know, T- T2, they said, uh, you know, Judgment Day is inevitable. And then you're like, okay, you're holding out hope. And then T3, it's like, no, no, it was inevitable. We're going to launch the nukes. And every single movie just seems to put that. And it's like, your fate is what you make it. Sort of, sort of, and then like, and it just turns into the same movie every single time. Like, okay, here's the apocalypse. You know, here's how we deal with it. The fate's what your fate's what you make it until we need to milk the cash cow again. (laughs) (laughs) So get those udders out. Counter. It's a good argument. That's a very good argument. Counter argument to this is that I actually like what Dark Fate brought to the table in the um, realm of destiny, quote unquote, and and the future and your fate. Um, it's simply that you can change your fate, but some events will always happen no matter what. Yeah, I subscribe and, to that theory. And so um, in a fantastic comic book that I continue to try and get our overlord to read so He's that we, to I episode. can convince him to that we can cover this, because it is technically a superhero comic book, but there is no superhero stuff in it. It's very science fiction. And one of the arguments, this is going to seem off topic, but I'm getting to a point. One of the arguments in the book is uh, there's a character who she lives her life and she dies and then her life resets back to back to when she was born. It's not like she is reincarnated. It resets. So groundhog life. That and, sucks. Yeah. And so she goes through her life. She is a mutant. You can guess the book at this point. Uh, She goes through her life, each life, doing something different. But one piece of everything, no matter what she changes, is constant, which is the Sentinels. The Sentinels are always created. um, Fucking. Wolverine. 
You know, it's a sentinel with an N. It's in Days of Future Past. Uh, Nimrod. Nimrod, thank you. Nimrod is always born, and Nimrod always destroys the mutants because sentinels are created. She changes everything. At first, the sentinels are created by the Trask family, so she goes and systematically kills every single line of the Trask family before they can make the sentinels. Someone else thinks of it, and someone else makes him. And it, they wipe the, the mutants out when they're least expecting it. And so I thought that this was a great like addendum to Judgment Day in that, yeah, you could change the future, but no matter what, you're going to have to fight. So you could change your future. Your future does not have to be that. But humanity's fate is sealed. We we aren't getting around this. And I and that's something I, I agree with for the most part. Like we are doomed to die. We are doomed to go extinct in a fiery explosion or in a robotic uprising. Like I think it's inevitable. And so it's cool to kind of have that addendum to judgment day as a response to that. Yeah, I that that's understandable. Um I think that, you know, if you think of it practically, I think you're right. So as a human race, it's kind of hard to disrupt the, you know, course of, mm-hmm. you know, the humanity, the fact that, you know, we might be well, you could you can push against the car as much as you want, but if the whole car is driving off a cliff, then you're going over the cliff, you yeah. know? It's like it's going to happen. Um so that's the idea with Judgment Day. I think, you know, that's that's a that's a good point, Ben. That's a very very good point. I think there are some things Thanks that are just set in stone. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, it kind of goes back to humanity's capacity to destroy itself. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, and tell me if I'm way off base, but like, I feel like an event like the Holocaust was inevitable. You know. That's an interesting point that I don't think we should dive too deep into. No, I just but kind of uh, along humans, your line of thinking, human humans beings will always killing destroy. humans is natural. Therefore, at some point, some human would find a way to kill lots of humans. I, I suppose that's a that's a fair argument. Yeah. And who? And I mean, in Terminator, who who really killed humanity? Was it evil cyber malevolent robots or was it the people who decided to put the chip into skynet it was the people who were like let's make robots fight our wars let's make robots self-aware yeah well it was uh it's humanity's uh what is it uh inhumanity to man hubris hubris humanity's hubris that's what it was absolutely it always is that's always what gets us and we're always warned like this stuff it's fiction don't get me wrong this movie's fiction but it's it's science fiction and it is telling us something and it's telling us it's not telling us to stop. Like my dad watched Black Mirror once and he goes, he goes, man, I, I, I really get it. We need to just stop this technology thing. And I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> Got it wrong. It's Papa warning young. us. These these things are observations about the world around us, if they're good. Um, they're observations about the world around us and they're applying those observations to the future or to different concepts and ideas. And they're saying, Hey, this might happen. So maybe we should look around and think about what we're doing instead of just doing it mindlessly. And no one listens. Yeah. Have you guys, either of you ever read, um, I have no mouth and I must scream. I might have in college. Cause that sounds very familiar. It's by Harlan Ellison. It's basically a post-apocalyptic story. Um, a lot of, I feel like a lot of Terminator story beats kind of take their cues maybe from this. Basically it's a, 
um, self-aware computer um, that was designed just sort of to uh, interface with, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly, I think it's China and Russia also have these self-aware computers, but it's it's kind of like a, a globalization thing. And it eventually just turns on us and launches all of our nukes against us. And um, it's got these, it, the the crux of the, this is all backstory that you find out during the sh- uh, during the book. Okay, but or it's a short story. I think it's only like fourteen pages. Right. Um. So it's a quick read. Um, but it's got these five people who it's keeping like artificially alive and just torturing. They can't kill themselves. You know, they're just going through this torture, but they find out that they can kill each other. Hmm. But there are five people. <laughs> you can see where this is going. That's good. So, yeah, yeah one, one person makes the ultimate sacrifice to, uh, you know, kill everybody else. And he's left behind to become this gelatinous. He gets transformed to this gelatinous jelly creature. And the sort of the last line is, I have no mouth and I must scream. Um, It's kind of a it's kind of a sidetrack detour, but I feel like there are story beats in Terminator with the malevolent, you know, cyber intelligence gaining, you know, self-awareness. And it just feels kind of like Sarah Connor is trapped in all of this, you know, like she's being she's like under assault by just her 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 life has now been marked. It's like just because of the whole John Connor thing, her life has been marked and by she, cyber intelligence. Like, you know, these these awful, these Terminators, really. Yeah. She's nature's response to this. And she can't die because, and that's clear at this point. And well, she dies in three, but that's not, that doesn't she, exist anymore. She, but she can't die because three doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Because she's, you know, she said, how many has she killed at this point? Like four of them? Yeah. And... Now she has to ensure that Danny makes it at least far enough to to get to the point where she's a leader. Yeah. So like she's got a lot more on her path. Now it, this was obviously supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Yeah. It won't be because no. it flopped. Uh, we I don't need say, to see anything else. Halting, halting, um, like Danny surviving, like it kind of like the the whole. I guess we're just gonna. I guess we'll talk about the ending for a second here. But yes, um, go for it. She. You know, she she's so reluctant to grab Grace's power source out and use it to finish off uh, the Rev-9. It's like, yeah, but if you do that, then Grace is going to be fine. Like, she doesn't have to live this horrifying future at all, which is arguably, I mean, I know you're attached to the person who's here now, but that's like doing this makes it so she never even has to live this life. No, they haven't stopped Judgment Day. No, I know. But like now, she's... like. At this point, well, they—I mean, I think they've—well, they've postponed it again, haven't they? Because it was no. supposed to. No, as far as I know, they haven't. Because all they did was kill the Rev Nine, which was which was sent back to kill Danny before she went on to become yeah. the leader. I think Judgment Day is still very much happening. I think that were this to continue, Danny's goal were to would, and this is my theory, because uh, I can't base this off of much anything except for acting. Uh, the way Grace yells out um, in the future, in the flash forward that we see, um, or is that a flashback? It's a flashback for Grace. It's a flash <laughs> forward for everybody else. Um, a premonition. She yells will. out, make me an Augment. Yeah. When And now knowing what we know and knowing that Danny raised her and knowing that 
Grace probably did a lot more than Danny told her she could. Make me an augment is a lot bigger of a statement because it's self-fulfilling because I'm certain Danny didn't tell Grace anything because Danny's not stupid. She would understand, especially from Sarah, like you can't be like, one day you're going to go back in time and save my life. Like, no, she's she's going to be like, hey, you know, don't you, you don't do that augment thing. That's stupid. Trying to be like trying to save her, trying to stop Grace from being the one to go back. She's going to pick someone else or something. But it's inevitable. Grace will always choose to be an augment. And I believe they're trying to save Danny, right? They're saying save your commander. I believe that's her. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, talk about time travel in general. Oh God! So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so we can. So okay, let's agree that the stupidest time travel is Back to the Future. Okay, so sure. that the is worst, like I love. Like I want to preface if we ever cover this, I love Back to the Future. Mm -hmm, absolutely, fucking love Back to the Future. Absolutely, time travel bad. Yeah, no, the time travel idea was really bad. So well, it's not even the idea; it's just the time travel logic. Mm -hmm, yeah, it's like the idea that there's only one timeline you know like and so with terminator and i think in general with a lot of things it's it was my idea with actually um what are the avengers was uh was that there are you know billions of possibilities sure. billions of choices that we can make so there's billions of splits and billions of parallel universes and so that's what i think is that like so grace grace travels back in time but she went to a different timeline it already split when she went back in time that's my idea is that it's already a different timeline that she's on at that point. Grace's Grace's future that she travels back in time from is all is going on its own thing and she left it and it's abandoned and she's on a new timeline so she's trying to create a timeline where the Rev9 can't destroy her. But that's my idea. That's not what Terminator does. Right, Terminator doesn't would, do that. I was about to say Danny 100% recognizes Grace and the ruins. Mhm. Mm Absolutely. And so that means that it's a time loop, which is worrisome oh, for the space time continuum. Shit. Yeah, are we are we calling time loops lot like legitimate in this? I mean, a it's time like, a, like correct me if I'm wrong, because I've pro you're probably more read on this than I am, Bill. As far as I know, a time loop every time it happens kind of hurts the structure of space time even more. And so, in theory, it's, I'm not, it's, I'm not it's, talking, it's, it's all theory. It's fun Hollywood science. <laughs> in theory, time loops create paradoxes, which then in turn destroy the space-time continuum. That's, that's the theory behind a time loop, but that's probably not how time would work well, anyway. There's, there's one theory, here, we can get into this a little bit more. So there's one theory about, let's say the idea of Terminator is correct, right? Okay. Okay, so if there's something that's set in stone and it needs to happen... It will always happen, right? So if you, you know, let's say, I don't know, Fidel Castro had to live until a certain age. If you decide to go back in time and kill Fidel Castro, everything in the universe that is possible will interrupt you killing Fidel Castro because he cannot die. It will, though the bullet will magically miss his heart. The bullet will miss. A meteor will fall out of the sky and kill you. Whatever the universe can do to avoid a paradox, it will do. Yes. So that's another theory of time travel. Like, how do you resolve these things? Is that the probability of you preventing something that for sure would happen is absolutely zero. Because the entire universe will cave into itself before you're able to accomplish this task. Right. You could never do a paradox in the universe. Because it makes it impossible to do it. 
So that's, I mean, that's the main paradox. So if you were to go to physics, the main paradox would be going faster than the speed of light. You, everything, everything in the universe changes in order for you to not go past the speed of light. Your very matter will stretch. Space will stre stretch. Um, light will travel at a different speed relative to you just so that the speed of life or the speed of light stays the same at all times. Space itself will morph so that it, uh, it it's the same thing at all times. So that's another idea that's way out of scope of what we're talking about. You know, okay, so like really quick, <laughs> the Overlord always gets mad whenever we get off topic, but I always like when we get off topic because it ties back in and helps support further claims. Yeah, we go so. down these rabbit holes and we come out back where we started, but most of the part, most of the time, you know, yeah. we've made it we've made an interesting diversion. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what I would say is that Judgment Day is something that will always happen. Yeah, like you said, like you said with that unnamed comic book, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know uh, something will always happen to make this thing happen. Yes, you know, so something will always happen to make Judgment Day happen. So that's kind of the idea that I had with space time or traveling, is that these set things will always happen. Mm -hmm. This is just a different different Judgment Day. Whether it's Sky Knight, Skynet, whether it's Sky Knight, whether it's Skynet, whether it's, it's Can we Legion. change the podcast to Sky Knight? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be my sci-fi podcast. We'll write, we'll write an official sci-fi cross-section. Welcome to Sky Knight, where I'm your host. It's me. We'll, we'll write an official sci-fi cross-sections film. Called right. Sky Knight. Can we get Daniel Craig? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's I'm Sky Daniel Knight. Craig. It's Sky Knight. He's Gotham's protector. He's Gotham's protector. He's the Sky Knight. We've, we've praised this film a bit more than I expected, I think. Mm -hmm. a, a bit more than any of us expected. We, we squeezed blood from a stone, I think. Like, we, like, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of issues with it it had a lot of fun action scenes and i i like going down these like rabbit holes of like talking about time paradoxes and i like the lore better than i liked this movie sure absolutely like, like, analyzing it is a better time for me and this film supported the franchise and the lore more than any film has since judgment day yeah. so i just wanted to really quick give a quick shout out to natalia reyes um who that? who gave me many many good laughs throughout the film with lines delivered such as we must fight and i will not give up so that was good yeah. solid thank solid. you she did a good job yeah i mean she did a good job <laughs> mm -hmm. i you know like she's I've, I've looked at her filmography and she doesn't have much going on there um you know and once again who am i to critique mm -hmm. an actress who has steady work just in things that we haven't heard of. Right. Um, you're in a you're in a basement doing a podcast right now. Let me just <laughs> let's just do a check in. The real same quick. basement you play but Dungeons and Dragons in. If I can't critique, in. then who are we as an American people? I don't know. Ladies I'm, and gentlemen, I tell you to stand up, stand up for your right for to critique. <laughs> I think we're a bunch of fucking losers in a basement talking about Terminator Six. Are three people? <laughs> 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 are three people a bunch a few a triumvirate of people it's, just, it's certainly a crowd yeah. so okay if i were to go over the language of white so males. there's one of us and then there's a couple oh and a few and several and then there's a bunch right so we're usually a bunch but we're only a few 
but a we're few, still, but we're still a crowd. Yeah, definitely. Few, a crowd. Yeah, few is definitely the like the three. Oh my god, guys! I'm just trying to say I didn't like Natalia Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's okay. what you were trying to say. I, I just, you know, I out just of, say it out of everyone's lines, and we still haven't even gotten to Carl yet, so we need to make sure we cover Carl. We got to talk about minutes. Carl. <laughs> Out of everyone's lines, I just felt like like hers were the most phoned in. And I felt like she was watching. She was like reading the script and she was like, like, this is definitely like it feels like it's not her movie. It's like, OK, so what's going on now? And it's like, OK, so the the Rev nine has now come back from the pa from the future and he's going to kill you back from the future. Yeah, I know that movie. OK, hey, no, it's nothing like that. <laughs> There's no Marty McFly. <laughs> <clears throat> and Nobody's so got Parkinson's in this It felt movie. a lot like how Alec Guinness performed Obi-Wan in Star Wars, where it's just like, I am here to do my job and do it as good as I can, but after this, I'm going to go home, and I'm not going to really care what you nerds think. I'm not coming to your conventions. <laughs> so, uh, we're He's out. He's not coming to any conventions. And He's fucking dead. It was just a little. It was a little lame. I, I, there were a lot of times in the, in the end, in the climax, in the dam, where I was like tensions were were supposed to be high here and i felt it for the most part and then she she dropped some like one liner and maybe it was the script too because like the script didn't need half those lines like you could have just sat in silence and like had a couple grunts when people get thrown around and that was that and 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 you have these like moments broken by like i will fight and it's like come on i don't this isn't necessary i just wonder how much of that was shoehorned in by tim miller cuz he, he's a pretty big fanboy isn't he like in general i mean who isn't a fanboy of terminator i'm not a fanboy of anything fanboyism is like the next okay, step well. there's like the step before degeneracy i there's people who are we 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 actually never touched on this and um it's kind of we actually in true fashion we never recorded the episode about uh the invaders in movie i still want to i don't like it it's fine um <laughs> but you, i don't like you invaders made the, you made the same exactly and you made the same point that I made. I'm a I'm a big Invader Zim proponent. I'm a big champion of Invader Zim. You do not like it, and we both have the same issues. It's the fanboys. Yeah, people who like people. And that's a, there's a, there's a reason why the people are called fans. It's short for fanatics, and fanatics are the people who are. And I don't care if this polarizes our audience, but no, these people true. are. Yeah, they're these the you know the fans ruin. Intellectual properties. Star Wars. Fans. It's the, it's Marvel. It. Fans. It's all right there. Absolutely. And now, like, I wouldn't, I don't want to, like, destroy the word fanboy because if, for some people who are just, like, fanboys of it, you know, like, it's been reclaimed in certain ways. But yes, you are right. Fanboy did, still know, does have the connotation of it's, people like that. It's great to have a hobby, it's mm -hmm. great to have interests. Do not let it get to the point where you are raving online on some forum, you where know, you're at 4 a.m. You're building your personality around it. it yeah. So <clears throat> that's what they do. I mean, look at like the same reason I, I this is this is way off topic with no point connecting to Terminator. But this is why I, I don't like Rick and Morty. Uh, because every time chicken McNugget sauce there, there you go <laughs> uh, every time I try to sit down to watch Rick and Morty I try because I know it's funny I know it's well written I know it's good but I sit down and I have a flashback to the video of the guy who put his shirt over his, over his head that was a weird whistle of the guy who put his shirt over his head 
stood on the counter at a McDonald's. Stood on the counter of the McDonald's and screamed, I want my Szechuan sauce! And then jumped down on the ground, laid down, and began running in circles while laying down on the ground. And I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. And so I can't watch Rick and Morty because it's just too much. It hates it hurts me to even talk about it. We will not be covering Rick and Morty on this podcast. I mean, you guys can if you I mean, want. We're not gonna. I just think it's funny. I I love Rick and Morty, but I, I like sh- you said, the fandom is just horrible. So, yeah, it's the case for everything, though. So mm. yeah, that's true. But I don't know whether Tim Miller was a fanboy to answer your question. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, I am not a fanboy. I do. So not. anyway, getting back to the point. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to listen back to what my point was in making that because it's like I I forgot it's in true me fashion. If I All talk right, for too long, you were probably talking about the one liner callbacks to like Judgment Day, like I'll be back and um, maybe or Carl's line. This time I won't be back. <laughs> I didn't even notice that I didn't one. Catch it. I you didn't missed catch it. it? No, I, I was like sitting it. in the movie the whole time. I don't know. He was, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the line. He goes, he's like, he's like, I told her. This oh, place that, is, yeah. When he's this talking place to his is wife, not safe because you have come here, and that my past has finally caught up with me. This time, I won't be back. Oh yeah, my God. shit, dude, that one skirted right past me. That's really good. <laughs> Fuck. And then I would just be like, um. How do you know about that? Because you're not the same T-800 model. <laughs> so with that, I think we should dive into the highlight to, of the yeah, film. Yeah, I think for the last, yeah, 10-ish minutes, we need to talk about Arnold's. Because honestly, once Arnold showed up, this movie went from like check minus to me to check plus. <laughs> I was very into it. And not because it's Arnold, because he was just... He played the fucking hell out of his role. It was probably the best T-800 he's ever played. Yeah. I'll I'll say it right here. God damn. Like, I don't know. Like, he, it's these robots delivering, like, funny lines where it's, like, it's different from a Star Wars droid. It's different than, um, what was the droid in Rogue One? Oh, K-2. Yeah, it's different than him because he delivers his lines, like, like a British comedy asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, the Terminator, uh, Arnold delivers it. It's just like, he's just saying it. He's not like inserting any like wry humor module he's into literally, it. He's like a robot just saying. He's monotonely yeah. saying his lines. Like that's yeah. all it is. But, it, but what makes it great is his accent. It's yeah. Arnold's. It's, and Arnold is having fun. I and you so. can tell yep. he's having fun. Yeah. Like I didn't see Genesis, so I don't know if he was having fun in that. Well, it was but, just his likeness. I don't even think it was him. No, he was definitely in Genesis. He was in Genesis, not Salvation. Salvation, they used his likeness. But by Gen- by the time Genesis came out, that was his first movie. I'll have to see Genesis. After not being a governor. But he's having fun. And like his, you know, like his line, like when they walk into his, his armory. And, yeah. And his of course, shed. it's Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah. loves it. That was a great part for me. <laughs> I just I love it when he's describing his relationship. I don't know. Let's just talk about how yes. funny Carl is. <laughs> so he's just like, I'm a great listener and I'm hilarious. <laughs> and, and I, but you know what? I believe it. Believe I'm it laughing right now. I'm laughing at it. You know, like it's really he's that yeah, was a really. So however great he is, he makes no sense as a character. Right. Let's think no, about his, this for yeah, a second. So I'm, I'm struggling to like understand exactly where this t800 came from because so, 
there's an answer to that. Okay. Because Sarah talks about it. He's sent back from a future that doesn't exist, is what she says. It's revealed that in that when they sent the T one thousand back, that it was not the only Terminator they sent back. They sent back multiple so, terminators okay, so just sent back a to go of, get all them right, all right they killed the t-1000 that was the strongest one but there were still a there few t-800s a okay. out there that were looking for them she killed a couple i think i was gonna say it, it, think of it this way let's say all of those t-800 and t-1 and the t-1000 are in the same room and they shoot them all into time well they all came in at different times mm-hmm. so she gets a uh so they so apparently the T-800 knows the, the time disturbances and so can calculate where it's going to end up. And, you know, I guess that's how he does it. But basically, they're all sent from a dead timeline, but at different times in the current timeline. Which makes sense because Skynet wouldn't, you know, after failing in Terminator 1, it would definitely plan for redundancies in Judgment Day. So it would be like, if this T-1000... This T, well, I'm sure it's thought processes where if these T-800 fail, the T-1000 will win. And, of course, the T-1000 failed, but the T-800, one of them ended up coming in clutch for the win. Yeah, yeah. we would have expected it. Sarah Connor's, you know, sitting on a beach in Mexico. and But at that point, the timeline was already destroyed, like Bill said, because they destroyed the Skynet ship. So once his programming was complete, which is strange that I thought they were just like, I, I I find it weird that Skynet programmed it to be like, and when you kill her, go do whatever you want. <laughs> that's that's my point. Is yeah. that like is that like his his idea was like I had nothing to do, so <laughs> I had a lot of time so to I, think about so, it. So I got a so and then I, I met so, so I started dating a single mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, or his programming was specifically go find a single mother to date yeah. <laughs> he's just he's still filling out his programming you have killed the, you have killed the uh, son of the single mother you were supposed to date I went into like a different accent after a second no 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 you were supposed to date Sarah Connor not kill her son <laughs> You were supposed to mold him into, into the Skynet machine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking, I imagine now, I will forever imagine now that Skynet's voice is Arnold's. <laughs> All, ter- all Terminators just have an all Terminators, all Skynet just has an Austrian accent. I, I just imagine, I just imagine. So what I imagine what happened was that somebody made this funny code and commented it out, but he forgot on one version that he didn't comment it out and it just played through. He's like, look at this. If I put this in, then he'll be dating a single mom. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? No, delete it. Delete it. We're done. But for whatever reason, the T-800 did not self-destruct or walk into the ocean to rust. Right, and, exactly. And it was found a life. Primary objective now. <laughs> Find single mother. <laughs> he found a life, a loving family, and found a wonderful drapery business. Remember in which Corona. He is incre- Don't forget the lines this time. He is incredibly knowledgeable about draperies, we learned. He's class with the room. Use bubbles or balloons or stripes and polka dots. Oh my God, my lungs! <laughs> I, the governor's here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 is helpful and is 
remorseful, which is interesting again because this this one of the things our friend Billy Barry, shout out Billy Barry, likes to yell at me about whenever we get into discussions about AIs is that he his thing is like because he's a, he codes is what he does. And he says, AI will never happen. That's not a thing that would happen because they would never go outside their programming to fight against us because an AI still needs to be programmed and the program would still prevent it. And he says it's impossible. It would never happen. But what happens if you program a Billy computer? Billy Barry, let me talk to you for a second. Okay, <laughs> Billy Barry, come here. Come here. Come here. Put your sweet, sweet ears into your earbuds. Okay, so this is going from the basis of the idea that everything can be turned into a Turing machine in the universe, which is an idea that used to be valid before quantum computing came about. Now, that is not true. That is not true. So anything that exists in the universe cannot technically be turned into a Turing machine. And therefore, um, if you take the idea that you cannot build a computer more complex than the computer itself... That idea is no longer valid. So, Billy, I understand what you're saying, but it's no longer a valid argument because so, of quantum computing. Yeah. I thought you now were talking about 26. shouted at one of yeah. our listeners. <laughs> now, Billy Barry, go download on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a review. So, so then, with that being said, would it be possible that the T-800 broke its programming? That it's, it, you know, was like, await further orders. Maybe... Maybe let's let's postulate here. Skynet told it to go park itself somewhere until they recover it in forty years. Mm -hmm. Then you just happen to see a single mother walk by. <laughs> it looks like you have an abusive relationship. Your husband, he must die. I must protect. Fuck. What's the boy's name? Doesn't matter, kid. Must protect kid. <laughs> Oh, but it's possible, I remember right? that John Connor killed him by accident. And I mean, it's like, it's fun future science, so yeah. there's things we don't know. But like, you know, the, the idea that they always said was neural net, like neural network, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, the idea that you make a program that uh, learns from behavioral conditioning. Um, oh, yeah. That's so nice. like, that's how facial recognition and they do jet engine design and stuff like that with it. Um do jet engines need to be intelligent? Uh, they, what they need is, so in order to actually design a jet engine, there's so many complex parts and so many aerodynamics that go into it that when you simulate, if you tweak one thing, it creates a chaotic... Anyway, whatever. It's very complex. I've so, booked a couple flights in the next few months, so just like, I don't, don't want to hear it. it. Okay. I don't want to hear it. Sounds good. I don't want to hear how complicated flying is. I want to believe that we get in the plane, it goes really fast, they go whoosh off the ground, and then I land. I mean, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, neural net. Uh, so they always refer reference neural network, which I feel like kind of dates the movie as well, because it's like, Arnold with that single mother. Oh my god. <laughs> you get one running joke per episode. It dates the movie hotter than Arnold Schwarzenegger dated that single mother. Our relationship is not physical. Yo. I'm you have a point and Miller keeps like throwing it out. It's so I'm just gonna jump back in here really quick and say like huge props to asexual Carl. Mm. Like mm. to get ace some Carl, ace to get some ace, ace representation in film, hell yeah, man! Like that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a spades. He's a good listener. 
He's a good listener. He's a good Carl. listener, and, and he's hilarious. Um, and a huge NRA member, by the way. Yep. Like Carl voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> Can, wait. So he's the real villain. No, isn't Carl technically an illegal alien? I'm sure he gained his citizenship, Miller. I don't know if <laughs> robots can do that. He owns a business. I have, have a dead to... man's social security number. Cross reference. <laughs> he, he just goes into the computer. <laughs> he just plugs in on the internet. He's like, hey, I have a social security so, so, I, I can't do an accent. <laughs> I've applied for a credit card. <laughs> oh, no. He married, uh, he married that lady and got citizenship that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he's a citizen. Right. So he voted for Donald Trump. We figured yeah. it out. Yeah, 100%. Oh, sure. But he you can't, can't, you can't get it. But he can't run for president. Because he, he, <laughs> he wasn't born here. He no. could he only had, be a governor. He had big plans to run for the governor of Texas. Carl is Arnold Schwarzenegger. There we go. That's what this whole movie is about, really. The it's NRA. Arnold Schwarzenegger's life. Boys, we haven't touched on anything substantive involving Carl's character. <laughs> no, we talked about him. He's a you know a big no. proponent of single mothers. Oh my uh, god! Let me see if I have any other jokes here. Um, I was not a big fan. I, I know <laughs> that it's stand up artist or yeah, something. Yeah, he's I'm, reading off his cards. I'm, though. Yeah, I'm standing up right now. I'm holding my mic. That's not true. That's a lie. Um, it's a non visual podcast. <laughs> um, I was not. I know this is a marketing thing to sell tickets uh-huh but i just hated that arnold schwarzenegger was in the trailer it's yeah. like it because when they go when they show up to carl's cabin it's not a surprise that it's the fucking t-800 i know like i i i didn't know if it was going to be like i was the original model for the terminators or i didn't know exactly what role he was going to play I was the original model for the Terminators. I was the original <laughs> model for the T-800s. I'll translate for myself. I can't put the subtitles at the I bottom. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it's like, God, it's like, I would have loved for it to have been a surprise. Like, hey, Arnold's here. But the plus side of that is we did get the revelation of like the how and the why as a surprise, which I yeah. thought was, you know, nice. Like in, in a movie, in movies these days, they're not above showing them kill John Connor. I believe the only reason they didn't show John Connor dying in the trailer or like have a line with Sarah being like, he killed my son is because it looked awful and they didn't want people to see it before they came to the film. They didn't want, they're like, that looks completely terrible. We cannot do, we cannot put that on television. Screens. Well, Edward Furlong was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the like they wanted him to be the, the word is that they asked Edward Furlong to be in the movie. And he said no. Now, I don't know if you've looked at Edward Furlong lately, but I'm glad he's not in it. Um, you know, he's let's just put it this way. A filmmaker buddy of mine was looking into filling a drug addict deadbeat father role. And his first thought was to try and cast Edward Furlong. So Edward so, Furlong. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, just, I suggest you go Google Edward Furlong yeah. right okay. now. Okay. You know... Do you guys ever see uh, this guy looks like a way worse off Michael Massey? To me, he just looks like a, a whale that's washed up on, <laughs> on the beach. Okay, okay. He's hey, got speaking that... of which, we got Death Stranding coming up. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, Edward Furlong, he literally looks like you took, and I know this sounds really stupid, but it's like you took John Connor and just made him a bigger version. 
that looks a little crusty. <laughs> like, that's what he looks like. <laughs> Took a little bit of hair this picture from clearly is at his, like, deposition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's been to jail a couple times. So, he, you'd think he'd want to be in a movie. He needs some cash. Yeah, where's, come on, he's, you know. Well. Even Culkin's trying to be relevant my, again. So, my buddy who shot a film around here and tried to get Edward Furlong, uh, he got a hold of the agent, uh, his agent, and his agent sent him this laundry list, laundry list of bullshit. Like, you need to make sure Edward, like, I don't know what it was, but, like, it's probably something. He said it was, like unreasonable so i'm guessing it was like you need to make sure edward has green m&ms in his trailer you need to make sure his trailer is a winnebago from the 80s you need to make sure there is at really least crazy 10 rider. pounds of coke yeah and so i imagine that there's something to do with there too but Could be. but real word is he said no and so that's what happens when you say no to james cameron missed out eddie he makes you into an awful cgi recreation and he kills you i really would have preferred if <laughs> I really would have preferred that if instead of using the CGI, if they got Edward Furlong and just put him in like shorts, stockings, and gave him a lollipop and just <laughs> said, curly locks. <laughs> he's got the he's got the beanie with the propeller on it. He's got I need a bigger lolly. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at my own joke, but fuck, that was good. Okay, so, uh, okay. yeah. One last point I'd like to make about Carl's character. Oh my god! And this is kind of, um, I, I just now thought about this, but, like, in T2, you know, the, the, even, you know, Sarah's talking about it, you know, Terminator's learning to, you know, learning kind of, like, John's teaching him what it means to be human, you know, he's teaching him slang and the give me five and the not kill. Yeah. So Carl exists kind of as the natural progression of 20 years later, like 20 years of neural processing and that learning. And you I know, think if he's continuing to learn, and especially now that he's got a family, it kind of makes sense. So I can, I can actually kind of buy it. Yeah. And he I also exists as the reminder to Sarah how to be a human. E, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Because, you know, through him, Sarah learns not just forgiveness i'll put the piano music through carl sarah learns not just how to forgive her transgressors but also herself no that's good that's a good podcast people should rate us on itunes and listen to us on apple Podcasts. very seriously like okay so I've been on a mission to get people to review us, and we are at 21 reviews. So here's the deal, Leo. If we get to 50 reviews by the time before Star Wars comes out, or like sometime during Star Wars, if we get to 50 reviews around then- At this then, point, can we just say the end of the year? Because it's almost- Sure, continue. yeah. Continue. No, I, no he, has, he brings up a good point. End I mean, of year. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars basically is the end of the year. So if by- sure. January thirtieth. If, if we get to fifty reviews by December thirty first, that's the month. Uh, we'll give away two tickets to see Star Wars. Oh, how about that? Cool. Wow. And uh, I'll figure out how we'll do that uh, momentarily. Easy. Um, but let's do those reviews. We'll probably do it on like our Facebook, and so you would just have to throw your name up there on Facebook. After, uh, you don't need to leave a review to to get this, but you need to leave a review on. But if if you 
want us to do this giveaway, you need to leave her a five-star review. <laughs> it's a bribe. It's literally on a bribe. Cross sections. It's so, a sweepstakes. On iTunes, or Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcast. Uh, so this is like, the reviews are like to get the giveaway to happen, and then the giveaway will happen in another form. Uh, but if you leave us a written review that's five stars, I will remember your name and... Uh, May hook you up later. Oh, you'll get an honorable mention. All right. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, you'll get an honorable mention on a fucking nerd podcast. Yeah, I was going to say on a podcast. Everybody at this table will just... You're, the reward is everybody at this table will say your name. <laughs> exactly. We'll know your name. Yeah, we also need your shoe size and <laughs> social. I'll do the first one. Emily Jarvis. You're going to blow your wife Emily up like Jarvis. that. Emily Jarvis. Yeah. Emily Jarvis. Perfect. In a world where Emily Jarvis. That's a, that. That's just a little taste of what you could experience. All right. I think that's it. You guys have any? We got to go back on the table to get sci-fi vets over. <laughs> this is gonna be too much to edit. Let's go. Well, you know, uh, whatever. Like, I got all day. One now. thing I've been telling our overlord anyway is we need to make sure good sci-fi, bad sci-fi is like brief. Like you got a minute to sum up your thoughts. Yeah. So let's do that. Go around the table. Uh, he would have wanted us to start with someone who is across from him. The closest would be Miller. So, um, I mean, Terminator's a great... Terminator's, like I said, two good movies, not a good franchise. Um, I do like the world that they build, and I think there's a lot of really cool and interesting places they can go. So I'm going to say good sci-fi. It's a fun movie. Um, I'd probably give it a 6 or 7 out of 10, just kind of... You know, go see it if it's five dollars. That's fair. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in the bad character category. I'd say it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say yeah, it's six okay. or seven. It's okay. Yeah, just you know, go see it. It's fun. Um, if it were one, two, and then this movie, I would say it's great sci-fi. But it wasn't, so it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll put it down as good sci-fi. I think it's easily the third best Terminator film in the franchise, which is not saying much, but hey, I don't, I, it is not the third worst, and that's something. Um, it was good sci-fi, I enjoyed myself. It actually made us talk about things which I did not fully expect after leaving the theater when I said, get me out of here. I was so very excited <laughs> to do this episode. So I'm happy that I saw it, and I'm excited for the future franchise that will never happen. Next week, uh, we will finally be sitting down to do The Last of Us. Uh, so we'll be discussing... Are we going to do that, or is something else coming out that we need to cover? No, Last of Us is next week. It's on the schedule. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, if you want to listen along, you know, if you haven't played The Last of Us yet, and, like, some kind of nut, uh, you know, you might not have enough time to finish it at this point, but there are uh, plenty of like the let's play for the for like the cutscenes are like six hours long, and really that's all you really need out of it. You know, it, I always say like it's it's a post apocalypse movie, it's a horror game. You know, like you lose a lot of the horror elements when you're not playing it. But I'll have a lot to say about it. So with that being said, uh, please remember to subscribe. Uh, Follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, please leave us a review, preferably five stars. Do not leave us a one star review. If you're looking to think of that, if you're thinking of putting one stars, you do not need to leave us a review. You can leave. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Hasta la vista, baby.